Hey guys, before we start this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing line that proceeds of the shirts and tanks and everything else goes to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. So um, this all came about with me and seeing a five-year-old girl in the emergency department uh, that had a new onset of diabetes. So uh, just take a look at the website. It's www type1lifting.com so just check it out if you don't buy anything that's perfectly fine uh, I would just like for you just to take a look and just see what we have so like I said before www.type1lifting.com and guys I hope you enjoy the show guys another episode of the type 1 lifting podcast i have a crossfit games athlete and now reconstructive urologist marilyn hopkins how's everything going great well it's good today's saturday so it's really good yeah did you just, did you just finish a workout yeah we did uh i did training with him if i'm off i like to do this his training with him so he does um conquer programming um so Luckily, since I knew I was going to be on camera today, we did a lot of bench press. That was not my mistake. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so we just finished working out, and, um, you know, it's a good day so far. Yeah. You can't ask for much. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So how did how did you get involved in CrossFit? Was it Dex, like, doing a thruster, and like, you got, wow, you got uh, wowed I, by it? No, actually... I, I think we probably would have gotten in it around the same time, but we didn't know each other yet. He's from Jackson, um, Mississippi, which we live in Mississippi now. Um, but he's from Jackson, grew up there. I am not from there. But um, I was in medical school at the time and just would – I liked working out. When I was in college, I uh, coached gymnastics all four years. It was sort of my outlet, and it was fun, and that was – other than spin class, that was sort of my activity. And then when I uh, moved to Jackson, um, I was mostly just running. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, actually, that's not running and doing P90X religiously. And I had a group of people who would go to sort of the fitness room at the hospital with me and we would put the video on. And it's actually, I would be interested to see how it is now because, mm-hmm. you know, it was really first introduction to cross training um and i loved it and somebody said well you would really love crossfit well i mean we're in mississippi which is i don't know the current statistic but obviously an incredibly unhealthy there's a lot of unhealthy people there's a lot of obesity you know um so anyway there was one crossfit gym um mississippi crossfit it was in jackson and so um i actually ended up going to join because i was like well i don't have time to work out mm. you know uh at the I, I thought myself real important i guess and um oh i don't have time to work out so it was great for me because at that time you know this would have been like 2010 or 2011 no, that's not true. Sorry. 2012 is when I first went to a gym and there was not much structure, yeah. you know? And so you would just up and you would, and I'm like, Oh great. I can show up and do a three minute workout and leave. Perfect. And so that's how I got into CrossFit. I was just looking for something more. And I think somebody suggested it when they saw me doing P90X at the hospital. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I got into it that way. And then Dex and I met like six months later, um, at a, you know, a 
a brawl or whatever the popular terms were back then for CrossFit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we met then and, um, and then, yeah. And then we got, we knew each other for quite, for, I sort of knew of each other, I guess, for like a year before we ever hung out or anything. And then, um, things moved incredibly rapidly thereafter. Yeah. So he was, so, he was telling me, yeah. So he was telling me he was trying to like date you for quite a while before you guys even started. And so I wasn't, I was never really, um, much of a relationship person. And he is, I mean, he's very, uh, you know, he has a lot of good relationships, not just, you know, with me, but with a lot of people. And so I was always just sort of a, um, I don't know, a free spirit back in those days. Yep. So joy just like having my group of friends and, um, you know, this was certainly before, like, I realized that like overall, fitness wellness means you probably can't stay out boozing until 5 a.m um and you actually do have to care about what you eat and so those things you know followed later but um so yeah at the time I wasn't really interested so I don't know I don't know if that's true I think he might oversell that a little bit but um yeah so uh, I was actually so let's see how this would have gone um I I started CrossFit like sometime late mid 2012 and this there was one girl in my gym who went to regionals that year Jessica Malone she's actually like a very gifted athlete she's really short and every year she would get like last in the ball ball workout Mm -hmm. and I swear if it wasn't for that you probably would have heard her name by now because she was just she's really good super fit girl but anyway so uh, I would work out with her when she was getting ready for regionals and I had no idea what I was doing. And so, um, when she got back, she was like, Oh, we have, that was so much fun. We really have to go next year. And I was the only person from Mississippi there. It'd be cool to have another Mississippi girl. Well, of course, you know, then she and I became best friends and I got to be sort of obsessed, uh, uh with it, but I would just go for the one hour, um, and just cram them whatever I could. Well, then that summer, um, that's sort of when I started knowing who Dex was and stuff, but not really. Um, and I was like, girl, I, I don't know. I don't think I have time. You know, again, you know, everybody just feels like they're, you know, it's like the narcissistic mm-hmm. world, you know, at least for a period of time. And so um, she said, well, Julie Fouché is uh, going to be a doctor and she has time. She's at the games this year. And I was like, dang it. So I like look her up, you know, Google <laughs> damn you Julie why do you have to do this to me so I'm like all right fine so I started training with her and um we we did regionals that year in 2013 together and what really was probably the most fun I've ever had um but Dex that was whenever he had just moved back to Jackson from college like maybe a week before we left and he I didn't have anything I didn't have grips I didn't have you know I was wearing ASICs Mm -hmm. um Oh, and umbro shorts. I mean, I looked like a fish out of water there. So he gave me all of this gear that he had. And um, and so that's sort of how things started off. But he had a girlfriend at the time. So I didn't think much of it. And um, then I guess they broke up later on. And um, I was actually, uh, we were sort of canoodling, I guess, later that fall. <laughs> and I, I did a, uh, a, a month long, you know, um, you're, you may know some of this stuff. I, I did not know anything about really medical school residency any of that until I got into it. So, but you can go and do like month long rotations mm-hmm. in other places that you think 
may have an interest in going to. So um, I, I was interested in this program at University of Kentucky, so I went and spent a month up there and had about a week into it. He was just texting me every day. It was just stage five finger. And I said, look, bro, <laughs> this is not going to happen. I really love this program. I think this is probably, I'm probably going to move here. And, um, and then he said, well, I'll just move there with you. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, um, of course, I get, I, and then I just ghosted him. I didn't, I didn't text him back. I didn't answer his phone calls. And um, I drove home after a month, and his, his car is in my driveway, my house. He's inside with my roommate. They're making dinner. And I was like, hey, what's going on? And he was like, oh, I just, I know you didn't mean what you said. I know that you want to date me. I really don't, you know, I'm looking at my roommate like, what is happening? And so then we were engaged three months later. So nice. I don't know. I have a, an idea of what happened in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but it's cool. So, um, so yeah. what, what made you go? I, I know you went individual, I think, um, to 2013, 14, and then, yeah. then you went team at, uh, 2015. So what made you go from individual to team? Uh, well, a couple of things. One, I'm so glad that I did because I, growing up, uh, I don't know what your background is prior to lifting, but um, I was a gymnast. And, you know, even though you compete as a team, it's a lot – it's an individual sport. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't – softball, I didn't do those things that help you learn teamwork. And so um, it's interesting that I learned so much as like a 25-year-old person, you know, they – People say you don't teach an old dog. No, like I learned so much about myself. I grew so much. But anyway, so um, what was really cool about moving to Lexington, Kentucky, actually a lot of things were that place is a really cool town. Mm-hmm. I, at least you, right? I, I live in Atlanta, so I, I've never been to Lexington. I, I, that's like one of the one of my bucket lists to kind of go to Kentucky just to check it out. Yeah, it's, um, it's, we have no idea what to expect, by the way. I've spent a month there, but I have basically lived in the hospital um, so we get up there, it's a great place, but they had, uh, a couple of high level athletes in the gym. Um, and so, you know, that always pushes you. And I bet I, I, you know, especially our first year there, um, uh, I mean, I was, I think you have to, as a surgery intern, I was spending every second or third night in the hospital. And so I just was absent for the most part, but they had a, they had been, CrossFit Maximus had a team at the game since like the inception, since the wooden worm, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so you just get around all these people and you're like, holy cow, these people are good. And it's one of those things that previously I would just kind of poo-poo the team competition, like, meh, who are these losers? But then you get up there and they were so competitive with one another, um, pushed each other really hard and just really good athletes who, you know, some of them could have gone individually and competed, but um, you know, I, I got completely sucked into the team thing at that point. It, it was like an overnight transformation. Um, man, we just loved it. And so, of course, I didn't actually get to compete with them live mm-hmm. that year. I I submitted my open scores, but um, I didn't actually compete live, which, um, you know, that's just the way it had to be. But um, so, yeah, and we got sucked in, and it was just kind of like um, one of a couple of them. Um, wanted to retire after that year but then in 2015 they did so well they got seventh at the games which was awesome yeah um and so we and and our leader our kind of our our team leader if you will was chris walker um and he 
he just would put together these team meetings. It was always very formal and strategized, which was, which is good. You know, if you've ever been on team, you know that. And, um, and so he put together a meeting and he said, Hey guys, like we went and we got seventh and it wasn't, you know, what, what, what could we do this year? You know? And so everybody's getting all interested again. And, um, we, and then from then on out, you know, you have tryouts and, and it was, it was, uh, it was serious, you know, in yeah. a way, in a fun, um, but and so you just get sucked in and of course 2016 didn't go the way we wanted but we got to meet um i know everybody who does whatever it is crossfit weightlifting um, bodybuilding you just get all these opportunities that you would have never even realized Um, and i think that was so good for us because um we in 2016 we were recruiting at this was still back in the old days of um six person team you know when Donna so um we had to recruit this guy and he was young i think he was maybe 21 or 22 and one of those people who really i mean now you know him as zach souter and he's great he's done some big competitions and i think you'll see more from him because he's still he's still young and super fit but um he was just he was in occupational therapy school and he's 21 and single and dex came home one day and he said hey i think we're going to recruit zach pretty hard um you know, I think I can work with him on some things. And um, I said, okay, good. And he said, he's going to move in today. And I was like, oh, okay. And he said, yeah, you know, because their team rules were pretty strict about the people living within a vicinity. So he lived with us. Uh, and then even after, you know, regionals, we didn't make it to the games. He still lived with us for another year until he got married. And um, so that was just, it's just cool. I mean, he, a person that was a complete stranger to me who, you know, became like a brother. Yeah. So very cool. Um, just the CrossFit way, I guess. We actually have gone on to have a variety of roommates. So <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. So with yeah. with all the residency, especially I know surgery is like the surgery residency is like really hard. Especially, it's like it's like mentally draining and physically draining because you're standing up a lot and stuff. So how how did you kind of manage, you know, doing CrossFit and the whole surgery residency? Oh my gosh, you know. I haven't talked about this in so long, I guess, because I've just gotten further and further removed from those days. It's one of those things, in some ways, I look back on it and I'm like, what was I thinking? You know, how did that, how did I make that happen? Um, but on the other hand, it's, again, it's just everyone has priorities. And I, um, so it was a priority to me. It was good for our, in some way, well, actually, I may not say that. For the most part, it was good for our relationship. I'm, um, Dex is more of like a um, extroverted, you know, just what you see is what you get. He's just always real bubbly and stuff. And I'm very serious and uh, intense, maybe is the word. And so a lot of times I would get super frustrated with myself and my body and why can't I do this? And, um, you know, so I'm not going to paint some rosy picture like, oh, I would just go drink a cup of coffee and it's no thing. No, I mean, it was, um, for the most part, it was challenging and you miss a lot of days but i think too some people it's good for me because you watch people on whatever social media platform and they they kind of get caught up and you know can't see the forest for the trees but like i didn't have time for that Mm -hmm. so i would just done and i would just do a whole bunch of stuff and i you know you can get in your own head i guess is what i'm getting at and so there was just you know i never had to worry about that part at least um and what's really interesting is um and i'm sure anybody would say this who's you know 
gotten all that stuff in their past now, you look back at med school and you're like, oh my gosh, that was a breeze, you know, mm-hmm. those, I had no real responsibility, you know, you're not responsible for anybody or, or your business or anything like that. And so, um, those days in retrospect were easy, but somehow I got bitter and bitter every year. And I think part of that was just because I lived with someone who, um, who also was really into this and, you know, he wanted to be the best he could be for his team because, um, like I said, it's cutthroat. You'll replace somebody if you, if you're not keeping up, but so I had all those people around me and, and, and so that was good, but definitely, you know, I did, still did not know anything about nutrition or anything related to, and it's just something that sort of came over time. I think that I realized, Oh my gosh, this stuff really is important. So sounds crazy for a doctor to say that, I guess, but, um, but yeah, I think also too, people, um, I don't want to, I don't want to talk bad about people, but I, I think sometimes people in certain walks of life think that they're too busy for something or they're too, you know, too much on my plate for this or, um, and it's just not true. If you have priorities now there, are, there's like this week, I was super busy with work and I mean, I don't, I definitely didn't see my daughter until yesterday. I don't think Dex and I really saw each other. Um, and so that's just the way it went. But when I got home one night, I did like a hundred pushups in a row. That is literally all I did that day, but whatever. I mean, I'll just, I, that's why you like make the most of the days you have off. But I think some of it, this would happen a lot in med school and residency where people will be like, well, you're, uh, you know, I don't know if you're focused enough. You're, you're not, you should be reading. You should be studying. Why are you so focused? And now granted, um, I think. I would make the, a counter argument that it makes you fo- more focused, not just because of we all know that physical activity is good for us mm-hmm. and pushing ourselves and giving ourselves challenges is good for us, but also because, you know, if you get up and you have the whole day off, you're, at least me, I will be a lot more prone to wasting that time if I know, like, well, I'll get around to, you know, reading up on my cases later on in the day, but like, Today, I knew that I had, well, you know, I was going to talk to you today. I knew that I wanted to work out before that. So I got up early. I did the work that I needed to do. I ran in and discharged a patient and um, got everything done early that I needed to do. So it kind of just, to me, keeping you on that schedule, uh, it almost makes you better. And that's the stuff that just used to irritate the crap out of me in school is people would be like, well, I mean, why are you leaving to go to go work out for an hour? I mean, should you really be doing that? And I'm like, dude, I just heard you talking about watching the office last night. Like I don't have a TV. So, you know, priorities, I guess, if if that's your thing, but I I don't think that I'm missing out on anything. And obviously, you know, I don't know. I don't know why that's, it's almost like you wear it like a badge of honor, like at least in the surgery world Mm -hmm. Um, and and maybe in other things too. I don't, I have nothing to compare it to. It's all I've ever done, but you know, it's kind of like a badge of honor if you haven't slept and you're, you know, you're stressed and you're, you're just pushing your limits, which that's one thing, one of the things that drew me into it to begin with. But, um, I also think there's, there's areas where there are other things. And I also think it's nice to see other people doing it and you're like, well, if they can do it, well, I can do it. Yeah. You know? That was whenever I heard about, um, Julie Boucher, which of course I've met her a couple of times. We were very close when we lived in Lexington and, um, you know, I've still 
follow her and um and so it's always nice to be like well i mean they're doing it so it's possible um so yeah, that's that was a really long answer. Sorry. No, you're good. No, because like when I when I was working up in Boston, I used to work in an ER, adult ER in Boston, um, and yeah. so like I would we work like 16 hour shifts and then like sleep four hours and then work another 16 and like everyone thought like yeah like like you said a badge of honor and, and then I realized I'm like well that was effing stupid you know I should have why, why did I do that so. Yeah, it's. I mean, I even see it like when I was working down at Choa too. It's like you you have residents that barely sleep and they think it's the the coolest thing ever. And I'm like, why? And then like they're barely like they're eating scraps of like food and it's all junk food that they like to, they just, like drop off all the time. And it's like, is that really going to help you in the long run or or what? So. Yeah, and that's another thing. And I still hear this this banter, and for the most part, like. You know, I never want to be that obnoxious person, mm-hmm. you know, um, wish my habits on somebody else. I mean, we all have, that's kind of how I answer that question because I still, I still get that question. Well, how do you, um, how do you have time for that? And I'm like, dude, I got up at four this morning. I turned on a 45 minute clock and, you know, I do a lot of morning workouts like that now. Um, and I feel great now. And, yeah. You know, you're like, not even people just saying they feel old, like people my age who look old and unhappy you know and I'm like I'm just thinking this is I don't know I think even as I get older I just have this this awareness that you know this is your your whole life and um, um, and and now that's not to say that I don't take my career and job seriously and again I think it goes back to I think it makes me still a better person as long as I'm prioritizing this stuff not in terms of what the future will hold for competing or that type of thing but I'm always going to work out and challenge myself and um I mean it's kind of cheesy I guess but grow or die yeah yep one of the CRNAs that that I work with is young I mean he's young feisty guy he's probably like 25 like just just got done and I think um maybe he knew Dex or something but he said hey I really would love for you to train for a triathlon with me. And I thought, shoot, that's just the challenge I need. I am not an endurance athlete. Um, I enjoy endurance stuff, but I've never done it competitively. And I'm, I'm not built for that. I don't feel like maybe I am, but, um, so he said, well, why don't we, um, why don't we go run this Saturday? And actually we had friends in town that day. So we were already planning a big weightlifting day that day. And I said, okay, but it's gotta be early. So, Mm -hmm. um, uh, it was so cold. It was six in the morning, and part of me was like, "Oh, <laughs> Part of me was like, "Yes, this is like this is the physical challenge I need today." And so I would go and meet him at his house, and we ran nine and a half miles. And then when I say I was crippled, I haven't run, you know, I haven't run nine and a half miles. In, I don't know how long. <laughs> was, it was bad, <laughs> but it was cool. And people, and I, and I know, even Dex gets on me about this. You know, he's very. Um, uh, prehab, rehab, stretch, recover, recover, recover. Um, and I am too, but that's just, it's also just my personality that I want to just see what I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be a huge thing in residency and we would, I mean, truly probably some of our only fights were about, you would say, Hey, this is the season of life you're in. You're in residency. You had zero control over your schedule. Um, you just can't beat yourself up over it. And I'm like, well, if I'm not pushing myself, then, you know, you're just going to sink further and further. I don't know. I, um, I realize not everybody has that mentality and I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. 
but um, I, I just think we were meant to push ourselves and challenge ourselves. And I see people my own age or even younger that just, you can just look at them and you're like, gosh, are you even happy? You mm-hmm. know, the last time you did, you know, it doesn't have to be something physical or weightlifting, you know, but when did you really just do something out of your comfort zone and, and push yourself really hard? Um, and so, I don't know, I think, I think you can just tell, you can look at a person and tell, you know, uh, not just if they're in shape, quote unquote, but yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm I don't need to be judgmental at all. No, no, you're not. The, the one thing that's the one that's thing that scared me was when I I was talking to somebody. They were like, I told them where I was from. Like when I was working down in the ER in Atlanta, I was like, well, I I live in Massachusetts, and the lady goes up to me and says, "Where's that?" And I'm and I'm like, "What?" And she's like, "I've never left Atlanta." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" I'm like. You gotta. How do you? How do you live? Like, go out and do something. Like, I always want to. Like, I don't care. Like, where I go. Like, I want to go to Charlotte, North Carolina, just because. Because I want to know what it is. I've never been there before, and it's like, I just want to go see stuff. Like, and I just don't understand how people just get set in the ways and just don't do anything. And then by the time they're ready to die, they're miserable and they realize they regret so much stuff because they missed a lot of stuff. Yeah, this is such a timely conversation, actually. I mean, I, like I said, it's just like every year I get older, the more that what you're describing just, just surrounds me. And I'm just thinking, I mean, even now, you know, um, I'm like, gosh, I mean, is this what I, you know, want to do? It is what I want to do. Um, I mean, I want to help people. But, you know, sometimes I guess after a hard break, I'm like, gosh, I like, I want to go, you, you know, you watch these YouTube things, or at least I do. Um, that's like, I don't really care for TV, but I like a good YouTube channel mm-hmm. or podcast. But the people who just buy a van, fix it up and go on the road. And I'm like, I mean, why the hell not? You know, it's your, it's your one life. I mean, granted, here we are, you know, in our little safety net with our, you know, but why do you have to confine yourself to those borders? And it's interesting that the older I get, the more I'm just like, golly, I mean, why, why don't we just come up with a plan and just do it? Even if it's for a year, yeah. you know, save for do it. And then how cool would that be? So, I mean, when else are we going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> well, well te- technically you can, you could be a traveling doc and just go all around the country and just go in a van and do like yeah. go to different States. So there's, there's a person who does this. She's an OBGYN and I actually asked her about this. She has a big following on social media and I just said, how did you pull the trigger on this? You know, she basically does locums, you know, where you go and work at a place for a period of time or cover call at a hospital for a period of time, um, which part of me is like, oh, that sounds terrible. You know how it is learning a new hospital system mm-hmm. and, and all of it. Um, but on the other hand, the payoff is, you know, she's with her family 24 seven. They're getting to see all these different cool places. And the, and the fact of the matter is there's so many cool places in America that I personally have not been to. I'm right now trying to plan a, a van trip, um, through Yosemite. I've never been to Yosemite. want to go really badly. Um, and so I'm trying to figure that out. There's a lot of planning involved. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I just asked her and she said, you know what, we just, we just made a plan and it was harder coming up with the plan and talking about it than it was to just actually go and do it. And I just thought, and you know, it's one of those things that's easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always have a, like a, uh, a quote that I say for Richard Branson says, screw it, just do it. That's actually a great quote. 
Yeah. And I like that's how I started the t-shirt company and the podcast because I was like, just screw it. Like I was like trying to wait for the right time and there's, there's no right time than like just, just like yesterday. Yeah. Well, and I imagine that has such a big impact on other people who have been um, diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Um, I have a friend, a really good friend from college who we were both pre-med together, you know, did the science type classes and he was... I mean, at the time, I I hate this about myself, but it is just who I was. I was just kind of, you know, I worked at a gym. I would do a spin class, but I had no idea how to eat properly. I, none of that. I had no idea. Um, but this guy was just like a, 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 an incredibly fit person, swimmer, Eagle Scout. So he was teaching the Eagle Scout class, um, as I understand it, um, and he broke his neck. And C6... Uh, you know, in a wheelchair, he has some function of his hands, but that's it. And um, and so he was just, he's smart and funny and witty. And, and uh, we're still friends to this day because my best friend in college, I ended up fixing up with him. And so now they're married, they're expecting a baby. And it's just, nice. um, you know, so I mean, it's just one of those things. And he's a PhD, like a highly sought after PhD now. And it's like, you can talk to people and I, I'll be honest with you, I can't even imagine experiencing an injury like that or, in your case, being diagnosed with a life-changing disease or condition and and just being like, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I got these goals. I got these plans. They're going to look a little different than I expected. And just to me, I, I just have a tremendous amount of respect for people like you that can actually put their money where their mouth is and do it because I could say that all day long. Mm-hmm. But truthfully speaking i have no health conditions i've really never had a major accident before and it's easy to say what you would do in that situation but not very many people can actually do it and i think it's it's again kind of like it was for me to see that other people could prioritize either competing or fitness throughout their busy lifestyle it's important for people i'm sure it's very important for you know, kids and young adults who are just diagnosed with this to be like, oh, wow, okay, this guy's like lifting and, yeah. you know, getting in the gym, kind of like I always, you know, I have as a urologist, especially as a reconstructive urologist, I have um, quite a few spinal cord injury patients that I meet and there's a lot of different urinary tract issues that can arise from that and um, they're just like some of the most motivating people to be around. Um a lot of them are because um, you just hear them and hear their story and you're like, holy cow, I cannot even imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the same. And I always tell them about my friend Peter and I'm like, look, this guy, um, it's almost, and I know that it's not, and I certainly don't want to belittle anybody's journey, but it's like, he makes it look easy. He's just like, you know what? I got my, he would just, he just did. And he's incredibly successful. And um, he got married to, you know, his college sweetheart. And it's just like, wow. I mean, People that can just overcome like that, that's just amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it was a, for me, it was a long, it was like a learning curve. So pretty much like my endocrinologist was pretty much useless on like just telling me, telling me what I need to do. Like, cause he was like, oh, let's check your blood sugar. Okay, you're a diabetic. Here's a, here's an insulin pen. Twist the needle and here, twist the, like put the needle in, twist the back, and then just inject and you're good and just check your blood sugar. And I was like, okay. And then like, thank God, like, Thank God for Instagram because I was like following di- other diabetics and like I would ask I would ask a question and be like, hey, like, what do you do in this situation? Because like I was a completely oblivious on, on everything. That's terrifying. I mean, that's actually because what if you hadn't had the, you know, the the uh, 
knowledge to just get online and start asking questions. So yeah. I haven't been out going. Huh, that's terrifying. And I think a, re- a reflection of a lot of things that might be systemically broken in our uh, healthcare yeah. community. Yeah. That's something. But I, um, and I, I definitely, uh, I hope that this isn't taken negatively or anything, but one of the things I, I just, have to tell you is uh, and I don't know maybe Dex had mentioned this because my family still talks about it um, and I realized like as an adult like this is probably not cool but when I was little I was maybe seven or eight I pretended to have diabetes <laughs> I, I'm not I mean I was a really weird kid I definitely was not on the homecoming court or anything like that um yeah, so what I think it was because a girl in my class had it. She wasn't necessarily my best friend, but I just thought, God, I I could have that, you know. And so, but it, it we got really, really, um, I got really invested in yeah in this. I mean, for a long time, you know, like I would go up to the teacher and be like, I'm, I'm a little shaky. I need to snack, you know, or you know, it would just it went on and on and I just I when I told my mom I was doing this podcast I said mom I mean should I, should I tell them about this you know yeah no no I mean I mean I, I think unfortunately did not actually have it but yeah uh, it's one of those things that I think also sort of I mean I I probably knew much more about like the endocrine system as a seven-year-old than I do now as an, an MD mm-hmm. um as it pertains to diabetes, I was just like obsessed with it. I loved reading about it. I loved, I don't know, I have no idea. I would like go to my grandma's house and use her little pen to do my finger prick. Like, I know, I know that's super bizarre. But, no, uh, it's, it's all good. You, pro- you probably, you probably did it because, well, this is what I'm thinking since you're talking about it. I think you did it because you saw that she was getting the attention, like more attention. Uh-huh. Yeah. I still, you know. Still desperate for attention, though. Uh, hopefully not that for attention anymore. But, um, but yeah, so I've always, one of my friends, um, she was a nurse practitioner when I was in Lexington. Her husband was very similar to you. He's a chiropractor, um, and I, I just caught interest, and in I still am friends with them. But he's a chiropractor, and um, just an overall, just kind of fit guy. He's more of a marathon, half marathon, marathon type of person. Um, but out of the blue went into DKA and was diagnosed with type one diabetes and, um, just keep it, you know, I still keep up with them and, and, uh, he's doing really well. So, yeah. Uh, well, just... <laughs> yeah, well, they say that they said, I think I read a study. I was pretty sure I read this study. Uh, they said that, that 60% of the new onset diabetics are get, are get type one diabetes at the age of 30, uh, 30 and over. Wow. Man. I imagine. Yeah. It's, it's it's crazy, but um, how did how did you get into urology? And I know I know I think residency it was residency for you like six years, or was, five yeah, years. Um, which sounds like a long time, but I feel like I could some days I'm like I could do another five, <laughs> just to see. Um, yeah, so that's a really good question because I didn't even know what urology was when I was in medical school. Um, it's not a a very common specialty. Um. And, you know, I was in a small town, so people didn't talk about urology where I was from, but I knew I wanted to be a surgeon. I, growing up, I wanted to be an astronaut or a surgeon. I still kind of want to be an astronaut, truth be told. Uh, But no, I I knew I wanted to be a surgeon, had 
you know, it's one of those things. You have no idea what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. No clue. Um, and even when I was in medical school, God, I had no idea what I was in for, you know? Um, and so I thought I would be a heart surgeon. That just sounded like something I should do. I had, I, I didn't know anyone that was nothing like that. So, um, I get into it and, um, it's really interesting the way doctors choose their specialties. I don't know if you probably know some of this, um, but your, your med school is four years currently. And, um, your first two years are just kind of work studies, that type of stuff. And then your last two years is when you rotate through various specialties and there, those are compulsory things, you know, and you get a grade, you take a national test on each subject. And so general surgery, I love, I love the people. I love the hours. I love being up early. I love, um, being put on the spot. I love, I did not like getting made fun of. That is also very much a part of, you know, the surgery training atmosphere, mm -hmm. um, that you just, you get picked on. Um, but I just, I liked it. I, I vibe with those people a lot. Um, and so then one of my electives was I just did two weeks of urology and I worked on the urology oncology surface. And so we did a lot of radical cystectomies where you take the bladder out, you use the intestine to make a urinary diversion and this stoma, or, you know, there's a variety of ways to do that. But, and I was just like, holy cow, these, these guys are in here doing some major stuff. I mean, these are like eight hour surgeries, this is bananas. I'm gonna do that. And so two weeks of that, that was the only, my only exposure to it. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. So, I mean, I don't want to use the word crap shoot, but that's essentially what it is, you know? And um, I ended up, I became very good friends with a few of the residents at the time. One of them was at my wedding. A couple of them, you know, came to our wedding and we're all still friends today. And so it's one of those things that just, I kind of got in with the people mm -hmm. and, and just enjoyed it. And I, I didn't even know that my subspecialty of urology existed at the time. You know, I had no idea. Um, and then, yeah. And so then I just applied and, and, and got in and, um, you do a year of general surgery just by itself first, uh, as part of the training, um, which was, uh, also great. The, uh, it was, it was an intense year, but it's kind of just one of those things you just kind of hunker down and do it. And I learned a ton. Um, and then, yeah. And then after that, it's, it's, uh, it's residency and, um, it, it was much more, I think, um, just, I think one of the things nobody can ever prepare you about, or at least I hope everyone would say this, that nobody can ever prepare you about being a doctor is that you have just no idea the weight and responsibility that you're going to feel. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I still talk to some of my old patients. Um, I can, I, you know, there are certain memories that I have that I'll, you know, that I'll never leave um, and still shape who I am today. It's just, it's nuts, but like nobody can prepare you for the, the amount of sleep you're going to lose worrying about a person. You know, I think there was one night in residency and I'll just, um, even if Dex watches this, he's gonna remember this because it was like a, a Thursday, we had a post-op complication and, and the, the, per, the patient required multiple take backs. And so I don't think I came home for, I don't know how long. I mean, I just wasn't gonna leave his bedside, you know? And so it's just one of those things that you're just like, God, just <laughs> some days I just want my mind to just go somewhere else, yeah. you know? Always, there's always at least one or two people on your radar that you're like, ooh, I hope they're going to, you know, 
be okay or you know we had to have a really hard talk today and um just i think um if ever i lose that ability to just really be emotionally invested and um you know care about what i do or you know I just need to quit. You just need to hang it up. And I, I think some people, there's a big push right now, actually, by a lot of, I'm a, I'm a long-term lurker of Twitter. I do not get on, I don't tweet. I don't, I don't know, but I, I like to read it. Yeah. And so I find that med Twitter is truly one of the most, I don't want to say this because I enjoy it, but it's very overbearing. You know, sometimes you read stuff, it's just goofy, just stop, you know? And, um, and so that's one of the things is about, you know, making sure that you have, and I, I don't know how I feel about this. Like you have this separation between work life and home life and protect your home life and all that, which 100% I agree with. But I also think like, you know, if I'm not like sobbing on my way home after, you know, telling someone I can't take their cancer out because it's, well, then I just need to go do something else mm-hmm. because that's it's just some of those things are already, or, you know, I mean, I literally was just like doing a, a happy dance with somebody the other day, you know, I think, yeah, you just, you really, it is, it is kind of an all-consuming life and you have to find a, an outlet, which definitely I have, it would be a raging alcoholic if it were not for working out. Um, or, and you also have to have a support, a supportive person, yep. you know, I always tell people, they're like, how, I mean, you know, how oh my gosh, how are you competing at the games and training and no, no, no. I'm like, oh, because Dex will sit up there from 10 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. while I'm pissed off at myself. I'm bitching and moaning. And I, you know, but I just couldn't not do it. I yeah. Mean, I've heard say that before. I just, I can't not do it. And that's how I feel about it. But, you know, you have to have people who just, who understand. Like, today, I was off. I promised that I have, I've gone to the hospital every weekend. And I said, look, I'm this weekend, and, you know, my partner's on call. I'm going to let him round on my post stops. And I woke up this morning and I said, I just got to go see her. You know, um, I just, you know, it's my patient. I did a big surgery on her, you know. And so, and, got, and I felt instantly better after seeing her and seeing she was doing great. And so, um, but he just, he just laughed it off and was like, grab his coffee on the way home. Whereas a lot of people would be like, well, if you don't have any time for me and, you know, what about me? And so it's really good to have. I think you have to have somebody like that if you're gonna. Um, well, I mean, no matter what you're doing, yeah. it's a good thing. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I, I used to tell my wife like all the stories from like, especially in the kids ER and like the adult ER and like, and I've always told them like I, I really think like the team that's in like the t- the, the people I work with, each one of us have like a little loose screw in our heads because yeah. like because the amount of stuff that we see on a day to day basis, it's like they they my wife my wife couldn't fathom. Like I tell her a story of that, like in the ER, and she's like, "No way, that didn't happen." And I'm like, "Yeah, like there, I've, I've like, I have so many stories. Like I worked during the Boston Marathon bombing when that happened in the ER, and uh, yeah, it was it was a zoo. And then like, you know, working in a children's ER, seeing like child abuse cases or like kids being beaten up and like like babies being beaten up so bad. And it's like I tell her all this stuff and. She's like, I don't know how you deal with it. And it's like, oh, I have you and I work out and, you know, I hug my kids before I go to bed and stuff like that. So, you know. Yeah, it's true. It is so true. I do go, I do go look in her crib. You know, I'm done late at night at work. I get home. I'm like, oh, she's so, she's so innocent. Yeah. So cute. Um, 
But yeah, I think, like you say, you know, if it doesn't just become a part of who you are and you can't absorb some of those things, you know, I don't know. I, definitely there are probably some people who are better at making that separation than others, but I just, you know, especially it was the... Um, it's... You're good. Oh, You're good. I don't know. Um, but over Christmas, this is my first time, you know, in this practice. So I started here in July and just the number of like... They, I mean, wonderful gifts that I had lined up, which I've always, patients always bring the best gifts. And you, if you really think about it, like I am a terrible gift giver. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think when I have like something in mind to give someone, I'm a good gift giver. You know, I do very thoughtful, good gifts. But, you know, just I think of all the time and effort these people put in to put together something nice for me or, uh, my gosh, the, the baked stuff, mm-hmm. you know get me started on that but just all these little things and I have all these random knickknacks all over our house and I, I remember each you know I remember each person that gave me that thing and how much they mean to me and so um and I still have a lot of I part of part of training if you uh, if you're lucky part of being a surgery resident is working in a VA um and so there's a lot of negative information out there about VAs and I will I am the first to advocate for the veterans um and I just, I think I personally worked at a great VA. The Lexington VA is great. There's nothing great about any hospital in general, probably, but mm-hmm. man, we had just a solid program. I feel like we did really good things for people, but those patients made the best gifts ever. Um, and I have so many interesting homemade things from them. Um, that it's just, and I still remember all of them. And they all still, you know, I used to have people, and, and license is a big city, but I can remember being in the line at Starbucks one day and somebody tapping me on the shoulder and as loud as we're speaking, being like, hey, do you remember um, that thing I put on my penis? What should I put on it this time? And I was just like, Sir, there are people here. I don't, I don't remember you at all either, but, you know, it's just people just, they, they I think they need that relationship with you and, um, so it's it's important, but like you say, you gotta have some outlets for sure. And I always feel so much better um, if I'm really stressed out, and the last thing I want to do is is come in here and work out. Even if I just put together something last minute, I'm like, oh, that's great. Actually, I I should never be allowed to program. I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'll put together the worst stuff ever. Dex will come out here and be like, what is this? This makes no sense. There's, you know, there's no rhyme or reason, but I think it's great. So, um, I like all workouts. Yeah, I mean, if they, I mean, if, if you like what you're doing, who cares what other people think? Just, you just get up and moving. There's a lot to that. I think, like, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning. A lot of people, um, and I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing because I think those people enjoy it, but they get really caught up in the details. Um, and I think one one good thing is that I just don't, uh, I get caught up in the details about other things, but around here, like in the gym, um, I definitely don't. You know, yesterday morning, I didn't, I didn't, it's kind of a weird week of being on call this week. And so I thought I might be tied up through late afternoon and evening. Um, and so I got up in the morning to work out just in case. And I did something Chris, Christian Harris had posted. I just, I, that was one thing. I will straight up steal a workout from somebody on Instagram in a heartbeat. Um, and so there's no like day to day programming going on here. Um, but he had posted this dumbbell bench press. Um, I, I use the assault runner 
uh, and dumbbell row workout. So obviously very upper body heavy. And then I ended up getting home early enough to work out with Dex, which was great. And we did this chest to bar, bar muscle up workout. And then today it was all this bench press and stuff. And like, I mean, if anybody looked at the program I've done in the last 36 hours, we'd be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> biceps and triceps in your chest. And, you know, I'm going to be like one of those uh, stereotypical people with the toothpick legs if I don't, uh, if I don't start getting a little more variety. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. But uh, you talked about earlier about, about uh, your daughter. So congratulations on being a new mom. Thank you. I love it. Yeah. So what, um, what have you learned – like, like she's a, she's eleven months. She's a lot. Well, yeah, she'll be a year old this month. Uh, February, February. Yeah. So, what have you learned throughout like that that time frame of of being a mom? Oh man, that's a hard question. <laughs> Prepare me for that one. No, um, um, I don't know. I mean, I've learned a lot about myself. I've definitely discovered like a more patient. Um, what's the word not loving I mean I, I hope I've always been loving but outwardly you know just not tender that's a gross word Car- I don't know caring like a, <laughs> uh, just a side of myself I never really knew softer side maybe okay yeah um, yeah and so um, and also too just what's important in life I think you know she was born immediately before the pandemic so of course i think the pandemic hopefully for a lot of us has told us what's important about about our lives it's um it's not materialism it's not um what you drive um it's not that in fact i i drove a range rover i got a range rover when i um was finishing residency and you know i just never it seemed like the thing to do and i just Every day, exceedingly, every time I got in the car, I was like, I don't like, you know. So I, I just uh, I sold it, and uh, I just, just got myself uh, an old Tahoe, and I love it. It's my favorite car I've ever had. And so it's just one of those things that it's really opened my eyes to what is important, um, and that is just family. Um, and, of course, you know this. How many kids do you have? I have two. I have a five- and a two-year-old. Oh, yeah. Bo- boy boy and girl. That's perfect. See? Um so, but I think it also kind of helps you, I think it's probably a turning point for a lot of people, but it helps you um, grow in your marriage. Um, and so, yeah, so those those have been two things. Well, two, three things. One, you know, it always softens you up a little bit. I mean, it's this little person who completely relies on you and depends on you. Um, and she's just so adorable and funny. And um, I think also, too, you just... Uh, God, you used to see people talk about their kids, and God, I'm one of you now. I'm yeah, doing the same exact things kids have done for centuries, but now I just can't get enough of it. You know, oh my God, it's you know she's she's throwing stuff in the toilet again. You know, no kid's ever done that. Well, sure they have, but it's just hilarious and funny, and I just I have enjoyed it so much more than I ever thought. I think I, um, I thought I wouldn't have enough time. You know, we we did. Yeah, we were just selfish, you know, and we we're like, well, we're not going to have time. And now it's just like really just expanded who I am as a person. I don't know. That probably makes no sense. But, um, and also just it, it shows you what's important. These, you know, these two people are what's important. Nothing else at the end of the day, nothing else really matters. And so, um, but I, it also is kind of 
again, it goes back to that, you know, you have this responsibility, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you got to hold it together for them. Um, you know, I want her to have a good life. And that's another thing that I'm, you know, I want her to be exposed to different things in different places. And it's my responsibility as a parent to make sure that she sees that and knows that, um, I think, um, and I tell a lot of I don't, I try not to get unsolicited advice, as you know, when you probably became a new parent, everybody and their mom comes oh, yeah. up to you, whether you like it or not, and says, well, here's what you need to do, or just get ready. I, if I had a, my God, if I had a dollar for every person that said, well, get ready, you know, y'all's trips were done, get ready, CrossFit's over, get ready, this, get ready, that. And I'm just like, well, first of all, if that's true, okay, I'll find out. But second of all, I think that, um, I, I just think that people have this notion in their head that this is how it has always been. So this is how I'm going to do it. And they just never hold the possibility that maybe that's, that's not what it has to be. Like, um, you know, maybe it's still like, I don't know. We definitely do parenting differently. Um, compared to most people and um, it's actually been very liberating you know um, to just do things our own way and it's you know not follow like the, the cookie cutter norm mm-hmm. sure, I, you know here we're, we're here in the south now and so people probably see me walking around in my crop tops and my Jordans and they're like I mean does this person really think Brenda Taylor seriously she's a mother she's walking around like this you know but um, I don't know. I, I, I think that, um, I, I, I can't phrase this the way, uh, he did, but David Goggins, I don't know if you've ever heard him mm-hmm. talk about this, the, the, I think he was an ABCL or anyway, he's a really intense person. And, um, you know, why, why do we have to just be like, well, when you turn 35, that's ball game, you know, you just have a couple kids and playing your lazy boy at night, you know, and I'm not saying everyone has that mentality, but it does people just feel like a lot of their options are gone and i just i do not feel that way in a way i feel like i have even more options and more opportunity because i have a daughter now um and so and i oh and i should stay in shape because i want her to get in here and i want her to you know play team sports or do whatever it is that she wants to do um and it's our responsibility to show her that and so um i don't know i i just you know, and obviously you feel the same way because here you are, you know, you know, doing your thing and you're married and you have two children, but I just, I do not feel like my life is over. I feel like we're really just kind of getting started and kicked off. And so, yeah, which is, it makes it fun to wake up every day. And, um, again, it's one of those things you can just always find ways to just challenge yourself and push yourself. Um, although I will say we, I, uh, finished residency you know all throughout residency again going back to crossfit it was so good to have the team because um you know as a resident you you don't make a ton of money i mean i always thought that we did we had everything we ever wanted or needed but i mean we couldn't probably go to like europe or go do cool things but then oh well suddenly you know people are are allowing us to go travel to different places and just to compete Mm -hmm. and so that um, I mean, I got three weeks vacation each year, and so I would pretty much have to sell my soul, take a lot of call, and pay people cash, but I usually could work it out where I could do a couple of the competitions I wanted to do throughout the year, and you know, I've got to like see these cool places, but Dex and I would always be like, when we get done, you know, I don't care where we live, I don't care what house we live in, 
Um, but we are going to travel. Well, hilarious. The entire world shut down <laughs> when training. Um, so we really haven't gotten a chance to do that, but I would love to be able to do that when it's safe, you know, to do it. And hopefully that's going to be sooner rather than later, but it was just sort of like, you know, well, that's not going to work out for now, but still, like I said, there's still so many places you can go, you know, just send um, I love, I love the West. I would love to move to Denver or something like that one day. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, well, at least, at least you have a year of saving money up. So, I mean, just think of that in a positive yeah. way. Exactly. <laughs> probably for the best, you know, probably would have been like, you know, going to going somewhere every weekend and ever extending ourselves. When I was, um, when I was still a fellow, I was pregnant. I was 32 weeks pregnant and Dex and them were doing, uh, the Irish, the Irish throwdown. Yes. Yeah. That one, the one in Ireland, obviously. And, um, and so I got the weekend off. And so in under 72 hours, I flew to Ireland and back. Nice. <laughs> and that's usually how we've always done our traveling, which isn't, I mean, it's not a bad thing, you know, I like a long time too, but yeah, I didn't realize actually I boarded the plane. Um, because I had just done it all at the last minute. I was just kind of, I was bummed. I wasn't going to get to go and watch him. And, um, you know, of course, don't go to Ireland. You know, why not? And so the guy I was working with said, I'll take call this weekend if you want to go, but you have to be back. And so um, I threw it together at the last minute. And I get on the flight. I, I get to the airport. I'm like, oh, we're going to Heathrow. You know, I look at it. It was a nine and a half hour flight from Dallas. Because we lived in Dallas. From Dallas to London, I was like, "Oh Jesus, what have I done?" You know. Um, so, and then you know they see me boarding the plane with this big belly, and they're like, "Everybody's getting a little nervous." <laughs> uh, but it all worked out, obviously. So, I guess you know, it, it's apparently not—it's not necessarily a bad thing to travel when you're when you're expecting. So, yeah, we made. But I'm looking forward to maybe being able to take like a week off and, and do something as a family one day. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So uh, we're getting close to the end. So um, do you have like a favorite book that like non-medical or whatever that you like to read at all or? Favorite book. You know what? I um, I really like to read fiction. Uh, that's as like a, a relaxing thing to pass the time on a plane or something like that. Uh, but that, I would say that's my sort of a guilty pleasure. Anything, um, James Patterson, anything very... Uh, CIA mm-hmm. secret operative, you know. I don't know. I love that stuff. Um, yeah, that's just sort of my guilt. I don't. I don't necessarily like romance novels or anything like that, but I do love any kind of fiction. Like I think. Um, oh gosh, I'm gonna blank. Who's the guy that wrote the Da Vinci Code? Oh, Brown. Rob. Oh, yeah. God. Don't. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> His other books are actually some of my favorite books. Digital Fortress is amazing. Um, in fact, I, I just bought it again. I haven't read it since I was in college. I'm going to go back and read it. Um, so, yeah, just stuff like that. Just I can put down a book, and I love it. It's just sort of one of those things. But, you know, right now it feels a bit indulgent to do something like that, to mm-hmm. just sit down and, and read. I've got a couple on the nightstand, but, um, you know, other things have taken taken priority. So maybe maybe I'll be inspired to go do that this afternoon. Yeah, very cool, very cool. So, um I had another question, but I literally have like two minutes left. So, uh, where can people like you know reach out to you if they have any questions about like residency and CrossFit or schedule an appointment at urology clinic or whatnot? I would absolutely love to 
absolutely love for people to reach out to me for any of the reasons you just mentioned. My Instagram, I get, I'm on Instagram probably the most. I lurk Twitter every now and then, like I said. Uh, I have a Facebook account because I can um, FaceTime family through it, and I used to have family overseas. But for the most part, I only use Instagram, but I'm very responsive to Instagram. I mean, it's not like I have... Any reason not to be? I don't have a ton of followers or anything, but um, but I, I still get a lot of people asking me who are in surgery. I have a friend that's in surgery residency right now, and she and I keep up and try to keep each other motivated. Uh, I've never done better. I think that's the coolest thing in the world. Like I know this girl; um, she's a surgery resident, and you know, it's just kind of one of those things. You just get it. You know, it's it's kind of nice to have somebody that just gets it. But I also do have people that message me through there and say, "Hey, I want to come have a consult with." you to that i say come on you know it's that's a that's a very easy um yeah very cool yeah. very cool well thank thank you for doing actually what's your instagram handle before Okay. All right. Awesome. So, well, thank you very much for doing this. I really do appreciate taking your time, especially with like taking time away from Dex and your daughter. So thank you very much for doing this. Well, thank you for having me. This is fun. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much and I'll catch you later.